0: Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Osborne. I got to tell you, I'm super excited about tonight. Really, the purpose of tonight's workshop is not just to share interesting information with you. Really, the objective of tonight is to transform you. And what I mean by that is at the end of this workshop, if you leave here and you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, uh, that was really great information. That was really interesting. But you don't change anything about how you behave. I got to tell you, I failed you. And I promise you I'm not gonna let that happen. I want tonight to be transformational. In other words, you're gonna change. You're gonna change the way that you look at your body. You're gonna change the way that your family looks at their bodies and their health. You're gonna change your view of healthcare. And that's about revolutionizing you and your families. And if I do my job well here tonight, which I plan to do, I'm gonna mobilize you. In other words, you're gonna march and you're gonna wanna tell the world. You're gonna wanna tell the story. You're gonna wanna talk to people. Because during the workshop tonight, I promise you, you're going to start thinking of people, and you're going to be say, "Oh man, I need to tell that person. I, I wish they were here listening. Um, this person needs to hear that, and, and and that person needs to hear that." So really, my goal tonight is really to equip you. So I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I, we've been in practice in our office between Dr. Sherry and myself. We have over fifty years of combined experience, and and what that does is that gives us perspective um, you know we've we about 30 percent of our practice is pediatric not because we're trying to fix broken uh, broken children we're trying to prevent having broken adults there and uh, and I got to tell you this is that no more there is no more important time than now this generation this is the first generation of kids that really isn't expected to outlive their parents and' is, as much as we tend to let our kids eat junk food and not exercise and take lots of medications, we think that they can just get away with it. And the tendency for kids is that they're gonna think that they're just gonna burn off their calories because they exercise. they're not gonna get too diseased or sick because they're, they're kids. But the reality is, is there isn't any more important time than when we're growing up as kids to have nothing but the best. Everything you feed them is eventually gonna be in Oregon. Basics of nutrition show us that the foods that you consume turns into living flesh. So your the, the Twinkie you eat becomes your eyeballs. The 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 uh, the, the, the what, what, do you, what what is that thing called? Uh, the the oh darn it! The, I can't even remember it. It's the Lunchable. There you go. The Lunchable that you eat becomes your brain, and the you give your kids French fries and it becomes their heart or their liver or their kidneys and and so that basically, what happens is everything that you develop throughout your youth is many times made up of Fruit Loops and Fruity Pebbles, uh, candy and Wonder Bread and Mac and Cheese and McDonald's, and we say they're going to be fine, but they're not. See, I see this every day in my office when kids walk in with health problems that began when they were that began 40 or 50 years ago, and this is really a developmental issue when chronic degenerative diseases take grip in adulthood, in yet things like cancer and heart disease and diabetes and alzheimer's they were just the result of what they ate or didn't eat or maintain throughout their entire lifetime this right here is my family and, and my family is the most important people to me they're they're the reason for the mission and 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 i have to tell you everything we're going to talk about tonight is about the mission and the mission is is we want to really empower kids we want to empower families to live healthier lives through chiropractic care and an integration of the five essentials. And I really want to share with you some of the things that, 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 is on, that that's on my heart. And the mission is my heart. We just want to see changes in our kids and our communities. We want to see a, a generation of kids that change and are empowered by, to know that they're made incredible and that their bodies have no limitations. And that there's no limitation in their life if they put the energy into it. We want kids to know that there is consequences for everything that we do. And health is something that we have to work for. I mean, we love that we're seeing more and more kids in our office. But there's more and more kids going to the doctor also. We want our kids to stay healthy and well. And we're change- our goal is to change the mindset of this generation moving forward. So where are your kids right now? So, the first thing that I want you to know is this, is that our job is this, is that we don't have to make your children healthy. Their divine right is that they're healthy. From the day that they were born, they were born to be healthy. And the first thing I want you to understand is that they are extraordinary. You are extraordinary. And I think we've lost touch with that. I think we've lost touch with the magnificence and in the intelligence of the human body. I mean, there's an incredible intelligence. That took you from two cells to 270 cells. Um, I mean, 72 trillion cells in 270 days. And I have to tell you, that is pretty awesome. So, if you agree with me, just hit the like button because I got to tell you that you are a miracle. And and there's an intelligence that runs every cell of your body, every tissue of your body, every organ of your body, and it's. It's what's kept you breathing without ever f- having to think about one breath or even one drop of blood pumping through your bloodstream all day. And, though, and that happens throughout your entire life. It's digesting the lunch that they had today instead of di- digesting the lunch that you had today. And it's bringing those amino acids where you need them and essential fatty acids where you need them. So the quality of your life's trajectory is something that every, that, that every opportunity I get to teach And I call this the chiropractic message. And I like to give people a very simple understanding of what it's like. Um, i got to tell you, so if you can imagine, there's this graph. And on one side it says health, and on the other side it says length of life. Do you you understand what I mean by quality of life Um, without a big big explanation? And, And the thing is, is that how many people think about their quality of life? They just think about today many times. How many people think that what, what, what our life should look like? Probably not. Most people don't think what they should look like. They only look like what they are looking like. So what I'm here to tell you is that what is possible. I'm not here to tell you that, that you're gonna live a life without any challenges, but I'm, what I'm here to tell you is that there's a totally different trajectory of life available out in front of you. And I, what I'm here to tell you is that I've seen in practice over the last 25 years in almost 20,000 cases is that this is possible, that you can have an extraordinary life. And you see, I firmly believe that there are two lives waiting for you. There's one of possibility and there's one of probability. And the life of po- probability is one that you you just keep go- doing what you're doing and you're probably going to get what, well, everybody else gets. I mean, the, and there's a life of possibility that says this, if you understand and learn and recognize that there are strategies, that there are choices, that you can make that will better that will better your outcomes, then those things will predict a better outcome and you will employ those things over time and and so you can expect a better quality of life and a better outcome. So just hit the heart button if you understand. You just give me a thumbs up if you if you like that. So the reason why we're doing this class tonight is for one reason. It's cuz what the experts say. They say that it's about quality of life because I'm making some assumptions here. I assume that we all want a quality of life. Am I right? We all want this. So if you take the greatest minds on the planet and the greatest journals and the greatest researchers, what do they say play into determining what the quality of life is like? What is it? That, that what we're gonna then that's what we're really gonna discuss tonight. And and why is it so absolutely critical that we touch upon that? Um, is that the information? Is it's about outcomes. It's about where are we going to be, and that our healthcare model is failing. The model is absolutely failing, and we don't have a healthcare crisis in the country. We have a health crisis in our country. And I love what what Mike Huckabee said once. And it's been a long time since the presidential elections, but I heard him speaking, and he said, "You could never design a system that would successfully support a group of people who are not taking care of themselves." And that's why the current model that we have is failing. Uh, And these are the outcomes. It's time for a better way. You see this. So sickness is the opposite of health. Uh, This mindset, this paradigm, your viewpoint, your your belief system is the greatest predictor of your outcome. So if you walk away from here with anything tonight, I want you to walk away with this in this one big thought, this one big shift in your belief system that the belief system is everything because your belief system organizes your behaviors and it's all about your behaviors so there's one dramatic gear shift that I want you to make and that is this is that you when you make your when you have a shift in your belief system you have a shift in your belief, belief system I'm sorry sickness is not the opposite of health that's the one thing I want you to walk away from sickness is not the opposite of health Sickness is the absence of health. Sickness is not the opposite of health. Sickness is the absence of health. See, here's the thing is that when you understand that sickness is the opposite of health, that this mindset, this paradigm, your viewpoint, your belief system is the greatest predictor of your outcome. So if you walk away from anything, I want you to completely remember this. So when I look at this, what is, where are our kids right now? Well, how do we keep our kids from getting sick? The American Academy of Pediatrics has issued a new guideline saying that our kids need to start taking cholesterol medications. Did you, get a, did you guys know that there's a, there's a book called The Statin Dementia? So how many other grandparents actually have dementia where they don't even remember their grandkids' names and that's directly related to cholesterol medications? And we're going to start pre- prescribing those to our kids as early as eight years old. So the problem is, is it, and it's happening younger and younger and younger. When they uh, when they actually did autopsies of two hundred children at, that were involved in fatal accidents in the autopsy, they opened up the kids' chest in their coronary arteries, and they found that in kids between two and fifteen, almost ten percent of them already had uh, cholesterol issues and plaque in their arteries. And, and That's crazy. When they looked at the 16- to 20-year-olds, 35% had plaquing in their arteries. And by the early 20s, 70% had plaquing in their arteries. And this was done in the New England Journal of Medicine. And so it's not about them being overweight. They didn't have any problems. They can eat fried chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese for every meal. But this is a big deal because we're seeing damage when the kids are young. Think about that. When a child has 70% of children have plaque in their arteries at 20, what happens when they're 40? Well, I'll tell you what happens when they, where we're going with this. Right now, autism rates are, we're, in 2000, we're one in 150, and now they're one in 68. That's not genes, people. That's our lifestyle. These can- cancer rates are from the 2010 census. They're gonna be coming up by, the, by 2020, and imagine where these numbers are gonna be. It's scary how many, how many will have diagnoses with cancer, and it's scary how many don't take their health seriously. Right now, two in five people are gonna be diagnosed with cancer, and 14 million people right now are living with cancer. Imagine what it's gonna be like by 2040. So think about this, in between 2010 and 2020, we expect the number of new cancer cases in the United States to go up about 24%, more than a million cases a year, and about 21% in women, that, that means about 900,000 cases of, of cancer a year. That's going to actually eclipse heart disease. And the number of weight-related cancers is expected to go up 30 to 40% by 2020. Guess what? 2020 is next year. Most people think it's not going to be them, it's going to be them, but guess what? It's going to be them, and if they don't think it's going to be them, it will be them when they hit are hit with a serious problem. And guess what? People will do things um, at that point that they can survive. They're going to be scrambling for hope. They're going to be scrambling for answers. And I think the thing is that we have to realize that 75% of cancers are due to one thing, and that's environmental problems. And so I really want to push the point tonight that we never want to get to the point that we have to do something because we're in crisis. We want, to be able to, we want to be able to do things proactively to prevent going into crisis. So here's the big key. Healthy adults, they're just healthy kids. If you have a healthy child, then we're going to have healthy adults. And it's, a, it's important that we set the tone as grandparents and parents and soon-to-be parents, that unhealthy adults are equal to unhealthy children. So where are your kids going to be if they're unhealthy now? They're going to be unhealthy adults in the future. And I think the interesting thing is that children are great imitators. The habits of their parents are often duplicated by their children. I mean, we don't even know why we do some things, but for adults it's hard to imagine that how we got to where we are. Um, so what we have to realize is that we have to change what we do as adults to be able to change our children. So if you have an unhealthy, overweight, high blood pressure, digestive problem, allergy, diabetes, adult, then your children are set up to experience the same, if not worse. It, it, yeah, and what I think the big thing is this, is i got to foreshadow what our future is going to look like for our grandkids. If we don't change, how different is their lives going to look? Um, I want a different world for our children. Uh, I want a different world for our children to grow up. But the problem is, is the world that we are, they're growing up now is more toxic, more nutrient deficient, more interventions from birth, more time indoors, more technology. And we have to work harder to support their bodies. We have to do more than what we did growing up, more than what we, our parents did growing up. And if we want our children to have a better start than what we had, it's gonna be uncomfortable for you to change initially. But the pain of change is only temporary. So foreshadowing what our future looks like for you and your family, if you don't change things, well, you're going to be able to, where are you going to be when they get married? Will you be around to see your grandkids? Will you be around to play with your grandkids even? So let's talk about genetics. And a lot of times we we put so much emphasis on our genes. You know, I think the big thing is that we have to take 100% responsibility for our life. Your genes are not your destiny or your future or your family's destiny. In fact, one of the studies I read said that 70, 90, 70 to 90% of disease is lifestyle and environmental. And that's powerful because we can change our genes we can change the genes of our children. In fact, one of the genes will turn on or off by the lifestyles we live. See, in the 90s researchers began to find harmful chemicals, stress and nutrition that they found that they can permanently alter the genes which are turned on or expressed. These epigenetic changes are passed down and they can cause disease in the future and in future generations. So if you're thinking about having children by making, the most important thing is to make changes right now, you're going to have to change your family tree. See, what you're exposed to now and the choices that you're making now will actually affect your family tree and your future kids and your future grandkids. And guess what? Even your future great-grandkids, because those, will be a bit, those things will be those children will be affected by the decisions that you make and the things that you're exposing your body to right now. Dean Ornish was uh, Dr. Dean Ornish. He actually found that our lifestyle can turn on or off more than 500 genes just by making changes in the foods that we eat. So what that means is this: is that we can't blame our genes. We have to take responsibility for our health and the health of our family and our our family's lifestyle. So if you were told that you had genes for diabetes and you sit behind a desk and you eat mashed potatoes and you eat donuts, guess what? You're absolutely gonna turn your genes on. If you know that you have it, then then you need to move your body, you need to change your nutrition, you need to turn off the expression of the gene for yourself and your future generations. We want you to build a family tree of health when your kids have their kids, we want them to be stronger also. So let me kind of cover some of the, the, the newest studies that are coming out here. What we found is, is that how, how healthy you are right now is not based just on the decisions that you make. It's actually based on the decisions that your grandparents made. It's called epigenetics. See, here's the thing. Evolution is a a long-term adaptive process. It can take 60 to 100,000 years to make decisions there. Your nervous system responds to those, those, those environments and it'll actually turn on or turn off the genes. So all the aspects of our early lives, they stay with us for the rest of our lives. And what they do is they set the time control mechanisms of our body and processes such as appetite and our predisposition to laying down fat or our ability to actually effectively exercise. And these are set early on and they're affected by our mother's diet, their physical composition, and even the aspects of our father's lifestyle. What that means is dads, you're responsible too. And so the new focus on adolescent health and behavior is not only to help our young children, but when it's to help them become parents so that they'll help the next generation there. So the strategy for right now is to make the changes now and and to be able to change our nervous system. See, Hans Selye, the father of, of modern stress research, he found that it changed the lens of how we see health, that when our nervous system's under stress, it's going to change how we perceive our environment. And our environment is how we change our genes. And it literally changes our ancestral response there. So where does this start? I, I guess the first place that we really want to start is with our microbiome. And that's really a big word for our gut. And it's important to understand that the immune system actually is, develops in our gut. In fact, I always ask our patients that if you could do one single thing that would have a dramatic impact on the life and health of your family and your children, would you do it? And they always say yes. And the, the big reason is is that, that we would do anything for our children. So there's two things that we need to really have an impact to have an impact on our children's health. Number one is we have to take care of our children's nervous system, because that's how we perceive the world that we live in. Number two, we actually have to take care of their gut. See, the microbiome, it's, it's acquired starting at birth, and by the age of three, it's really the same as adults. So most development in the first three occurs in the first three years of life, and it continues to early teenage years, but really not much more to beyond that. So the, the gut that you have, the bacteria that you have, the microbiome that you have as a teenager really continues into life. So the health issues that we have, I mean, that's the number one thing we hear about all the time is the gut microbiome. Well, as adults, those were child issues that we developed there. So we're really strict with the child's microbiome because... During the, during the developmental period. And there's a reason you're, you might be, you know, you might be born like with gut issues. And that is because when we're born, we're really sterile. Um, and as we come through the vaginal canal, that we get covered with bacteria, which protects us. And they work with us to actually, they actually call it the probiotic gulp. So the very first probiotics you take are during the birthing process over 5000 species of bacteria live in our gut which really communicates with our brain and our immune system 50% of our dopamine 90% of our which is our satisfaction hormone 90% of our serotonin which is our happy hormone is actually made in our gut so if you're an unhappy adult we actually have to look back into childhood and looking at like where we started there so the micro the microbes in our gut they communicate with the brain through the vagus nerve. And the microbes can literally hijack the signaling to the brain and cause us to crave certain foods, such as sugars and uh, carbohydrates. I mean, certain microbes will um, afford, like cause you cravings to eat those sugars. And, and literally what you're doing is you're feeding the microbes that crave them, and they grow, causing more cravings there. So a lot of times parents will tell me that their kids crave sweets, but and not healthy foods. Well, could this be because they don't have a healthy biome? It takes a little bit of effort initially to make the change, and then they'll start to get the signals that'll tell them to crave healthy foods. And this is important because not only digestive healthy, but their thinking, their mood, their 70-80% of their immune system and their skin as well. So when a child starts with a compromised gut from the birthing process, it's actually gonna have a long-term like impact on their life there. So let's look at some of the things that happen when we have a weak immune system. Type 1 diabetes, asthma, allergies, hay fever, uh, dermatitis, eczema, food allergies, celiac disease, uh, Crohn's disease, cancers, all these things that people don't normally associate with the immune system, they're all things that start in our gut and all these things are, are the responsive, they're responsive when we have a healthy gut. So, what are the, and that's one of the reasons why we always talk about probiotics in our office. I, I, it's my belief right now, um, for at least the first three years of life, but probably for the first 18 years of life, that a kid should be on a, a probiotic powder. Um, and the reason being is, is that, you know, the kids are, uh, that's when their immune system's developing there. That's the immune system they're going to have for, their, for life. Um, so all we got to do is correct the imbalance, you know, maintaining a strong, a strong uh, immune system and digestive tract, it's one of your kids' most important things that you can do for their well-being, uh, their digestive system is dependent upon the, a delicate balance of beneficial gut flora, and we really need to change our nutrition, but supplements are needed to correct where there's a deficiency, and supplements allow us to get out of crisis, I mean, And we don't need to rely on supplements, but the problem is we live in a world where we actually need to supplement for those deficiencies. We don't take supplements to make up for bad nutrition. It doesn't mean that you get to actually feed your kids extra sugar uh, and then give them supplements there. It just means that they're they're trying to fix a problem. And so the probiotic probiotic supplement that I recommend uh, is that it has a number of beneficial bacteria in the gas that, that will help support the gastrointestinal tract. And it's really going to restore the balance and promote optimal digestion in a healthy immune system. And, I, and, I, and it has about six billion CFU. that means uh, colony forming units of, back, of probiotics per serving. So that's why one of the first things that I recommend for a healthy family is actually having a good probiotic powder on a regular basis. But I guess the point is this is that it's about stop interfering you know, there's like, you were designed, your children were designed to be healthy. And so, um, I guess the, the biggest challenge I see is when we start interfering with that health. So the first thing that I, I, the number one question I run into is, you know, parents come in, they're like, oh, my, my child has a fever. So the thing is, you got to understand what a fever is. What's it doing? What's it, is it doing the right thing? So either your body's intelligent or it's dumb. I mean, your whole life you've, you've been told the fever is bad, and in fact, we really have fever phobia, and I want to help you take the fear out of it. The American, uh, the American Academy of Pedi- Pediatrics released a clinical report in 2011 to educate parents on fevers and address, address fever phobia. I mean, sometimes a parent thinks that a child has a high fever because it's 101 or 102 degrees. Look, that's not high. Certain viruses and bacteria the body needs to get to a certain temperature to actually kill them. So if we actually lower the fever prematurely, the body, the body will never be able to actually fight that, that bacteria or that virus. So if not having other problems, if, uh, if their child's not having other problems such as re- a respiratory issue, then we should support that fever. I mean, it should go down and, 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 and not stay stuck. So as, as soon as you notice that they're fighting a fever, Get them in the office first. Get them checked first, because what's a fever? It should be. Um, it, it's a time for your body to actually fight there. One of the things that we find is is that um, when a child has a fever, many times when we adjust them, maybe the fever will actually go up a little bit, and but that means is that the the body is actually um, doing what it's supposed to be doing to be able to work there. So. On a second note, a lot of times we'll try to make the child happy. We'll try to give them sugars and things along those lines. One of the things that we found about sugar is studies show that sugar will actually reduce the ability of the the immune system to function by approximately eight hours after we give it to them. So you give them Otter Pops, we give them all the the juices to be able to hydrate them there, and all we're doing is actually making the problem worse. So really, I, I just really want to encourage you to focus on a child's well-being, um to know if it's an emergency but but the, really they're just going to be tired um, and uh, and like and that's like think about last time you were sick you were tired you just didn't want to deal with somebody but you got to know if the child is either being silly or they're not responding if are their eyes rolling back are they extremely lethargic if that's the case then that's that's a medical emergency but really i want you to keep them hydrated with more uh, with just water. I mean, don't wake a sleeping child to constantly administer fever-reducing medication. Uh, and if you have any question, always give me a call, and I'll be more than happy to, like, to, like, you know, on my cell phone at any time of the day. But I just want you to leave you with this: that bacteria double every 20 minutes in your body. So your immune system, if it's suppressed for five hours to eight hours after consuming sugar, guess what's happening? To the amount of bacteria in the body, and the body has a um, an army that's gonna that will attack the invader. But when you shut it down by feeding your kids sugar, well, guess what? It's gonna it's it's like an army without any ammunition. The fever is part of a normal healthy response, and in a healthy immune response, the fever come fever comes on right away, and it's usually gone in a day. I mean, that's normal. That's what's supposed to happen. But when we do sugar, when we suppress the immune system with our, our acetaminophen or our Tylenol, the body has to call in additional forces from the outside and the fever's gonna last longer. There was a study done by Loma Linda University and they found that white blood cells are 40% less effective at killing germs when consuming 100 grams of sugar. Think about that. We don't have to react. Uh, I mean, we actually, many times, unfortunately we react And that causes more of a problem there so let's stop interfering so i just wanted to throw this in here and just for you understand what the like what the body's normal response would be so when a a child is trying to fight um, an infection there's something called leukotaxis which is uh, an increase in the temperature what they find for um, for as the temperature increases there's an increased speed of white blood cells there's increased mucus production to wall off the invaders um, and, and the immune system will then be able to kill the invaders and eliminate the dead. Um, the way that it eliminates the dead invaders is through diarrhea and coughing and sneezing. And so our goal at this time is not to try to suppress the symptoms, but to really restore and rebuild the body there. The problem is, is that what do we most, most likely do? Many times we try to, we're afraid of the fever. Uh, the top picture that you see there is uh, something called Steven Johnson syndrome. And there's about 13,000 cases a year where when a child actually takes an an ibuprofen or acetaminophen, it literally causes third degree burns. And I actually had a patient in my office that had low back pain. She was 18 years old and she took uh, ibuprofen and it literally caused third degree burns all over her whole body. But you don't hear enough about that. So the thing is, is that we just want to make our kids healthy, but it, the, ibuprof- the Tylenol is responsible for over 16,000 deaths a year in the United States, I mean, over 78,000 like, visits to our emergency rooms, and we give 27 billion pills a year. And what that does is it not only does it lower the fever, which interferes with the immune process, but it decreases the ability to build healthy joints, uh, and it causes accelerated bone destruction. So I, I just want you to know that like, it's, like, we just have to focus more on our, 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 what our children are strong at doing, which is fighting infection, rather than our own fears of our kids being uncomfortable. All right, so let's talk about chiropractic. And what the heck does chiropractic have to do with anything here? Well, look, so I come from the perspective, and you have to make this decision whether the body's intelligent. I mean, our bodies are are designed to do everything. They're designed to deal with everything, um, and when unless there's an there's an interference, right? And and this is when we start to see disease and dysfunction during pregnancy. The health of a mother's body begins to support this intelligent design, um, unless there's an interference, and then we could see a, a problem with a child's development. And I really think that like the, if you understand how and what this intelligence is. Um, And we think that all we've learned over the past 100 years with all of our technology that somehow we've mastered nature. But I really want you to keep this in perspective because the human body is made up of about 75 trillion cells. That's a whole heck of a lot of cells. And every single one of those cells has an innate ability to regulate itself, to heal itself. and to more accurately recreate itself. And every single one of those 75 trillion cells has the ability to differentiate between what's food and what is not. And every single one of those 75 trillion cells has the ability to assimilate and to excrete. And every single one of those cells has the ability to move. And there are characteristics that contribute to what we call cellular intelligence. And these cells also have the ability to relate to and to function with other cells in an organized, coordinated, harmonious, and intelligent manner. And when these cells get together and do that, they form tissues. And these tissues, they, they actually, the, the tissue ability then is, starts to work. And we call this tissue intelligence. And the tissues have the ability to relate to and function with other tissues in an organized, coordinated, harmonious, intelligent fashion. And when these, when these different tissues get together, they form organs. When the organs' ability, they start to function. And this is what we call organ intelligence. And when the organs have the ability to relate to and function with other organs in an organized, coordinated, harmonious, intelligent fashion, well, they, they get together and they, they form systems. And these systems, uh, they, they, they become, they, it's what we call system intelligence. And even the systems have the ability to relate to and function with other systems. And we call that intelligence. And when these systems come together and do that, that's when we call we have a healthy body. So the, the body's ability then to function perfectly is what we call body intelligence. But our but our, our chiropractic forefathers and our chiropractic foremothers uh, decided to keep it simple, and we we call this intelligence innate intelligence. And that's all innate intelligence is. It's not a thing it's not tangible it's a term that we made up to describe the self-healing self-regulating nature of the body it's a term that we use to describe the body's ability in every cell within to be able to function perfectly so you got to remember you have 75 trillion cells and it can only do one thing when it's connected to a power supply and that's and that's the function 100 percent. and in the human body we assume that the source of the energy the power supply is in the brain the spinal cord because as far as we know the nervous system is the only system that has either direct or indirect contact with every single tissue cell and organ in the entire body so that it would appear that the innate intelligence in her wisdom uses the nervous system as her vehicle to perform her mission to maintain the material of the body of a living thing in active organization in chiropractic there's something called the 33 principles and that's the principle number 21, which means that as long as the brain is connected to the body and the body to the brain, all of our cells and the intelligence will be fully expressed through every single one of those cells. And the cells will function as they were designed to function. And those tissues will function as they're designed to function. The organs and the organ systems will function as they're designed to function. The body will function as it's designed to function. And the individual will have at least a chance to fulfill their own personal potential problem is is that there's something called a subluxation and the presence of nerve interference to the nervous system will interfere with the communication between the brain and those 75 trillion cells which means that innate intelligence cannot be fully expressed through all those cells those cells can't function as they were designed to function the tissues can't function as they're designed to function and the organs and the won't be able to design function as they're designed to function and the body can't function that's why it's so important that chiropractic is a core of raising raising children according to their design so when does the first subluxation occur well many times people think that a, a subluxation has to be due to a trauma a subluxation is a misalignment of a vertebra interfering with the brain communicating the body interfering with the innate intelligence communicating the body. Uh, a baby's born with a seemingly non-traumatic birth, well, how can they still have interference? Well, there's something called inter-uterine constraint when the mother's pelvis is actually torqued or twisted and it can actually be responsible for compromising cranial bone formation and craniofacial alterations and things like congenital hip dysplasia. But most common is, is a problem in the upper cervical region in fact there was a study that came out that said 9 out of 10 children actually had upper cervical had spinal issues from the birthing process there so as a child is developing they need the secondary curves the curves in the neck and in the low back to develop and at one time it was thought that it that it started after birth but now they know that it actually starts in the uterus so the problems of a mother become the problem of a child one study showed of over 1,500 babies, they found that 90% had strain in the neck and the cervical areas after birth. The problem is, is if this goes uncorrected, it's gonna interfere with their development. There is a, a blocked nerve pulse at the atlas, could lower resistance to, to infection, especially in the ear and the nose and the throat. Another study found that 80% of children are not in autonomic balance. That means that their nervous system is not balanced Um, and what that can do is cause sympathetic overdrive such as hyperactivity and issues focusing and lack of emotional control and decreased digestion things like decreased immunity and many times this happens during a c-section delivery or a delivery when any intervention like with such as vacuum and extraction you know many people think that a c-section is safe but it's actually very traumatic to the baby so these restrictions can lead to the child not developing the secondary curves in their spine they'll start to lose their forward neck curve and, and their low back curves babies with these misalignments will uh, not be able to take tummy time and parents will uh, they're going to overuse like the, the many times parents will actually overuse like the baby carriers and the bouncers and the swings and the walkers uh, that they're convenient but they're not good for spinal development and they're not good for the nervous system development they're not good for a child's ability to express their intelligent design. So when I take a picture of a seven-year-old and they have a reverse curve and the parent ask me how this happens, I know where it begins. It could have happened in the utero, but it could have also happened throughout their, their, them raising them as a child there. So here's some of the warning signs that I think are really important. And they're common, but I gotta tell you, they're not normal. Something is causing it, and you just have to find out what it is. Uh, an inability to latch when nursing, favoring to one side when nursing, heartburn. I can't even understand how like, a doctor would say that a child has heartburn. Doesn't he want to find out the truth and instead of giving him a purple pill or uh, something for their the stomach acid there? Constipation or excessive gas, uh, sleep issues, a lot of times people think that You know, a child not sleeping is an issue of being a child, but it really is an issue of stress to the nervous system. Things like respiratory stress and recurrent ear infections. Those are all nervous signs of nervous system interference there. So I just want you to know that the body can't adapt. The body's intelligent. The body has a design, and if we don't use it the way it was designed, it literally is going to break down. So eating right, exercise, and detoxing, these are all important but the most important, we need to make sure there is no interference to, with the nervous system so the body can actually function and heal. So why can one child receive 49 doses of a vaccine, uh, of you know, 14 vaccines and seemingly have no reaction, yet another has reaction after only one vaccine? The reason is that they can't adapt. Why can one kid eat at McDonald's and eat sugar and rarely be sick? Yet another eats gluten-free, organic, raw, uh, you know, raw. And yet it's ridden with allergies, asthma, eczema. The reason being is they can't adapt. So I, this is like one of the saddest cases that I have, but it was two twin brothers. Both received the same medical care. Both were the same parents. They had the same genes. They had the same doctor. They had the same food. They had the same everything. They slept in the same room. The only difference is, is that one of them on the left, Connor, who's neurotypically healthy. And this is a, his initial X-ray. You see the curve in his neck, and then Chase on the right regressed into autism. Why did one kid get a, a, a like turn into become autistic, even though he had the same genes, and the other one didn't? The only there's there's only one reason, is that one could adapt and one kid. So regardless of symptoms, diagnosis, and history, what is the one system that needs the thorough, specific, and scientific evaluation on a regular basis in every single person and every single child? It is the spine, and it is the nervous system if we want to keep our kids healthy. So these, this is one of my favorite families right here. They're actually having another one that's the little Renzo right there. But one of the things is, is that if you haven't been adjusted since birth, if you haven't had your spine maintained since birth, there's going to be issues, and we have, to, we, have to be, we have to be mature about it. So adjusting babies isn't like adjusting adults. There was a study in the Journal of Pediatrics that said there's a, there's a lot of children actually getting care in the United States. They actually estimate that about 30 million pediatric uh, visits occur in the United States. So it's really common and the reason being is, is that it's safe. We don't prescribe drugs to the kids. And it's only focused on restoring health, but most importantly, working on prevention. So let us it's about learning, helping those kids, the families, learning to take responsibility for their, their life when they're young. And this sets the standard for the rest of their lives. So I think the thing that we think about is that our kids are healthy, but what we really wanna focus on is making sure they're happy, they're healthy. So many kids, they, they just don't know, so many people don't know that there's an option for healthcare for their children. They think the only thing that, they, that their healthcare plan is their vaccine schedule. And I always ask patients if there's if there was one single thing that you could do that would forever impact the health of your child, would you do it? And the answer is always yes. And the answer is get your, get your well baby checked today to make sure your kid's nervous system is functioning properly. I mean, people know that, 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 that they're, they're lost and they're struggling. There was that that, that uh, study that, that I was talking about in the Journal of Pediatrics was talking about 30 million visits. What are those pa- patients doing? They're getting their kids healthy. So we want to le- make sure that they learn to take responsibility for lives and their health. So the first step that I really want to talk about is really minimizing toxins. And, and the problem is, is that toxins are seen as a silent killer. So the problem is, is that you don't see them, but we have 4 billion prescriptions ingested in the United States every year. That's the number one toxin that most people are exposed to. We have chemicals in our food. We have chemicals in the, like around us, and only the, uh, like a small percentage of them have actually been researched for being healthy or safe for us. And then none of the research has actually gone into seeing if they all are healthy and safe as they work together. Our inside of our houses are five to a hundred times more uh, toxic than the outside air. And I think the crazy thing is, is that the average person ingests between 140 and 150 pounds of additives every year. That's scary. When we start thinking about like things like the PCBEs that were Widely used in furniture foam and electronics and flame retardants, those are the things that end up on the floor of our house when the kids walking like crawling around on his hands and knees. Um, but the, those things are like have been associated with memory and learning and developmental problems, as well as endocrine disruption and cancer. And they're crawling around on their hands and their knees. And what do kids do? But they put everything in their, in their mouths. So I don't know if you guys have heard of this study, but it's called the 10 American Study. And it's really, for me, one of the most important things that the studies that was done, and it was done in 2012 by the Environmental Working Group. And what they, they did is they took blood samples from 10 Americans who had no direct exposure to toxins. And the reason they had no direct exposure to toxins is that uh, they were just still in utero. They had, but what they found was they had 287 chemicals that were found in the umbilical cord blood going into the baby, on average, 200 per baby. 28 waste products, 47 uh, uh, consumer products like like Teflon and Scotchgard and flame retardants. They found that there was 212 industrial chemicals and pesticides, and even some of them, some of them were banned over 30 years ago. And this is extremely dangerous because a baby in utero has no blood-brain barrier. So the toxins could get right into their brain, and the babies are the most vulnerable to toxins during the nine months of the develop- in their development. So what's interesting is 134 of these chemicals were found to cause birth defects. 154 were hormone disruptors. 186 caused infertility, and there was 130 that were immunotoxic, and 158 that were neurotoxins like Lead and PCB and mercury and DDT neurotoxins mean that it's toxic to the brain, and this is before we're even born. And that's and that's why we talked about probiotics. But I also recommend that kids detox on a regular basis. We think that they're fine, but it's the bioaccumulation of a lifetime. We can't expo- We can't avoid exposure to toxins altogether. It's literally impossible in the world that man's created. We need to work harder to really minimize the ongoing exposure with things we we can't control so for things we can't control we need to remove the interference in these toxins and that's you're going to find that in the the align your health book that's a really great place to start but we also have an ongoing we need to avoid ongoing exposure and detox as a family at least twice a year and that's the absolute minimum if you're not detoxing twice a year you're losing the battle. I say the minimum really should be about once every, uh, every quarter. Um, but ideally, you should be detoxing on a regular basis because your kids are exposed to toxins on a regular basis. So combine your kid's favorite beverage. You can put the powder in your kid's favorite beverage. Um, it's a gentle, safety tox. Um, it breaks down the two major organs of elimination, the digestive tract and the, uh, and the liver has a lot of fiber in it and uh, apple pectin it's combined with probiotics and, and really promotes regular bowel movements it alleviates constipation and it reduces inflammation uh, it really i think this is a, uh, a very safe and economical but more like conscientious a way to be able to protect your kids moving in the future so I'm going to talk about nutrition, and this is one of those areas that's kind of a hot button because a lot of times parents tell me their kids need to eat. Well, the problem is the amount of nutrients in our food has been declining um, over the years. Um, a, a study, they found that there was 12 different, when they studied 12 different vegetables in 1975, and they compared them to 1997, they found that the average calcium levels had dropped 20, 27%. And the iron levels had dropped 37%. And the vitamin A levels had dropped 21%. And what that means to you is this, is that, you know, we're trying to keep our kids healthy. We think that they're, they're, we're doing a pretty darn good job. But if you go back a decade or like a, a generation, they're, they're, already, they're already deficient as compared to what our, our, our parents or their, their grandparents did. And this generation of kids is exposed to way more nutrient deficient deficiencies in a toxic world, which is what we, which is a problem that we didn't have to deal with as we were growing up as parents. Problem is, this, is that what happens in the next generation? We are what our parents ate, and they found that like when a, ch- a mom had a, a, like an unhealthy diet, um, they found that there was long-term irreversible health issues. And even when the child's diet changed, it was still affected how they metabolize food, and it really had a long-term health impact there. So sperm and egg comes together. this is where it begins. Um, so what does the average American early life look like? It's the medical life from birth that you know that birth is a, the disease process. Birth is a natural process, not a medical procedure, but the problem is is that the food the mom eats, sets up problems in childhood or turn off our genes. One thing that I'm always going to talk about in every single class that I talk about is, is going to be vitamin D and how it interacts with our DNA. See, vitamin D is a receptor. It's a protein. It's not even really a vitamin. Um, and, and it attaches itself to our DNA. So to, for approximately 10% of our DNA to work, we actually have to have vitamin D. So when we slather on all the... Um, the, 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 uh, and I'm sorry about this, but the slather on like the sunscreens and things like that, it prevents our bodies from getting vitamin D from the sun. We're finding more and more of our kids are vitamin D deficient. And that leads to lowered immunity, it leads to inflammation, it leads to mood changes, but more importantly, it leads to them not being able to express themselves um, genetically as they were designed to. So where do we start? So sometimes I'm going to say do this or do that, but here's what we don't want to do. is We don't want to pack Lunchables. We don't want to pack bags of chips. We don't want to pack desserts. We don't want to pack fruit drinks, which have all kinds of sugar. Look, we just I know they're convenient. I know that they're easy, but it's the long-term effects that we're looking at. There was a study that, did, that was done that said 70% of moms are gonna gravitate, toward, gravitate towards chemically-laden foods and low-fat foods, which means they're more processed and more refined. Look, I understand, I'm a parent, it's hard, but the problem is is that nothing easy is ever worth it. The, when, we, when we take the easy way out to put, for the foods that we put in our kids' mouths, we're gonna, there's gonna be long-term consequences for them. So what we wanna do is we wanna increase the, the proteins such as uh, prepping a bunch of organic chicken breasts ahead of time, cutting it into cubes for easy eating like hummus and raw cheese and seeds. We're starting to look at our carbohydrates. You know, Veggies are a great source of carbohydrates. They're filling and they and they have high fiber which actually bind with the sugar and pulls it out. Uh, they can dip them into the hummus and they can find a healthy dipping sauce that they would like. Things like berries and apple slices and pickles and coconut wraps, Um, you know, cutting fruit and veggies into smaller pieces because they're going to be much more likely to eat them. Things like good fats, uh, sliced olives, hard-boiled eggs, sprouted seeds, avocado. They're all going to help with long-term energy. And that's really what we eat our food for is energy. But most important, I would say, is water. Um, A lot of times we feel like we have to give our kids something to drink. The only thing that's free-flowing throughout this whole world is actually water. So I would really encourage your kids to learn, to love, to embrace water. The reason why we do this is this, is that it really comes down to 98% of the atoms in your body aren't going to be here from a year from now. But what are the next 98% of the atoms that come in? And those atoms come primarily from food. So it's absolutely true, you are what you eat. I mean, think about what an amazing opportunity this is. If you mess up your health over the years, you can start all over again and you can have a new body in 90 days. See, when you eat, you're either enriching your life or you're damaging it. And you're enriching your kids' lives so or you're damaging it. And I think a lot of us rationalize that living, uh, that living unwell may, may shave a year or two off for our lives, but that's not, and that's not big of a deal. Really, the reality is, is how you manage your beliefs and your stresses and what you eat, and can make the difference of five, 10, or even 20 years in your yours and your children's lifespan. That's the difference between being able to see your grandkids and not see your grandkids. And that's the difference of like, if the average person lives to 80 years old, that's an extra 20% of life that your child can have, just through a little bit of effort, just through a little bit of discipline, just just through a little bit of direction and education there. So here's what I want you to remember. is What we eat is how we feel. Your kids feel happy. They feel sad. Probably look at what you're eating. How we feel, though, affects how we think. Think about that. How we feel impacts how we think, and that comes from the foods that we eat. And which, So what that means is, is that what you eat impacts what you think. So are we going to spend $20,000 a year on sending our kid off to school to get a good education and they can't even think well because we want to save money on food, think about it, like if our kids are depressed or they're stressed, it's looking at the foods that they have, the environment they have, which will determine how their bodies are, how their bodies are able to function, how they're able to feel, and how they're able to think there. So here's, a, here's the first step that I want to talk to you about, tips before you shop. Plan and save and make a meal plan. That's a big key is making a meal plan and a shopping list. Use the foods that you have and the deal, you'll find deals and store ads. The biggest problem I find is that people say they can't eat healthy because they can't afford it. No, they haven't put the effort in to be able to find where the deals are. Uh, Add more uh, fruits and vegetables to your meal plan. Uh, Literally, we wanna encourage our kids to fill half their plates with fruits and vegetables. And you can get over five. Like we, they need to get between five and nine to serve uh, nine to five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And you can get that for about the cost of a bus ride in some cities. You know, adding beans and lentils to the meal plan. You know, we want to do this to be able to get actually more energy. You can get that. You know, if they can do that for uh, instead of meat, uh, protein costs a lot less money that way. And I would rather have you do that than actually giving um, bad quality meat because you can't undo the impact of bad quality meat. And that means I want you to skip processed foods like frozen pizzas and cookies and sodas. I mean, they always cost more. Healthy food doesn't. Um, Canned foods are sometimes convenient. But when you eat fresh, when you eat them, there's a lot of things like BPAs, like plastics, um, and things like xenoestrogens in there. Um, and so what we really want to do is by eating fresh, we can expo- reduce our exposure, our chronic exposure to toxic chemicals. So some of the tips at home, uh, cook and freeze large batches. So like even in the Align Your Health book, we have recipes there. Make double the recipe and save it. And you can save money by cooking at home and eating out less. Um, store food properly. And then and you also throw away less there. So making sure that you're... you're um, cooking and saving it in uh, glass containers. There, grow your own vegetables. Um, you don't need a backyard; just some containers and a sunny window. It's great for interacting with the kids. They'll actually feel part of it. Community gardens are also, for many times, they're out there for free. So really, you know, cook, freeze, and grow. That's really the keys that I want you to remember. Um, sometimes at the stores, we we want to stock up to save money. Foods that um, last include rice and beans, um, cooking oil, and frozen foods. So, But the cooking oil we want to make sure that we're getting is healthy cooking oil, like olive oil and um, uh, uh, coconut oils there. So I want you to buy extra uh, when they're on sale. You always try to check out unit prices because they'll give you a better idea of what, your price is, what the actual cost is there. And buy them from bulk containers um, if your store has them. Uh, Always look for bargains on fresh fruits and vegetables. Use the price tracker to find good deals on fruits and vegetables. Um, And and fresh produce prices can drop when they're in season. And that's when we want to eat our fruits, like the fruits and vegetables, when they're in season, not out of season there. Um, I mean, think about it. Like, where do you get an apple in the middle of winter? It has to come from somewhere. and Many times they pick it before it's even ripe. Always compare labels. Healthier food usually has less saturated fat, um, less trans fat, less sodium, and less sugar. Um, look for deals at your farmer's market. Um, Some will give them to you. And in fact, what I've found is that if I start shopping at the end of the night uh, or at the end of the, the, towards the end of the farmer's market, they're going to start cutting us deals there. So what not to buy at a grocery store? Salad dressing. Salad dressing is always going to add about 100 to 200 calories to your dinner. Uh, You do the math on that, 200 calories, there's 3,500 calories in a a, a pound of fat. So for every 17 uh, times that you eat a salad, uh, you're going to gain a pound of fat. So learn to make homemade dressings with three or four ingredients. Um, Pre-shredded cheese is convenient, but did you ever wonder why it doesn't melt? Uh, Because your body can't digest it. So companies that make those bags, they cut the cost by adding non-cheese filters, I mean fillers, um, including wood pulp and things along those lines. So make sure you grade your own cheese. your own cheese. A large amount of processed food dates are, are artificially short so that the grocery store, um, they have to reorder them more often. So putting a new expiration date on expiring meat is what they do before they uh, they put plastic wrap on it. So you just have to realize is that that, that um, you want to get your meats. And this is a big problem that I run into is we always are looking for um, good meats um, and we want to get meats for our family, but we want to make sure that um, they, they change the expiration date just before they put the plastic wrap on it. Um, meaning that it, it, the meat's been sitting there for a long time. So it's always grass fed. We never have any meat that's not grass-fed. So go to the butcher counter counter and ask them if it's grass-fed. Order your cuts fresh. Don't wait till the plastic wrap's on there. Guac, hummus, salsa. So if you buy manufactured brands, you're likely to get a large uh, amount of chemical additives. And they can also potentially be made with semi-rotten tomatoes and squishy avocados that can get uh, repurposed there. Uh, so I think that the big thing that I really suggest is we talked about probiotics, we talked about detoxing our kids, but really, I really think that every kid should be taking a, a multivitamin. It's just if like, like healthy kids become healthy adults and you can't, there's two sources of problems in it when I see disease, toxicity and deficiency. And so if a kid is toxic, there's no way that they can become sufficient uh, except with supplementation. Um, and so the supplementation because our food is so deficient we have issues there so we're going to really focus on detoxing our kids making them sufficient kids can't always get the nutrients that they need from food and so the multi that we we developed at max living um, it, it bridges the gap between diet and what the kids get in optimal nutrition so each tablet it contains like vitamins and minerals and Bion flavonoids and fermented superfoods there. There's no sugar or fructose or artificial sweeteners or colors or flavors. The other thing that's really important is omega-3s. And so omega-3s are absolutely essential. Omega-3s are what builds a child's brain. And Every kid that I've ever met loves the uh, Max Kids Omega-3. It's a strawberry lemonade flavor. It's a liquid so they can take it down. It has... Uh, the the type of omega-3 that's crucial for brain health, specifically the areas used for memory and learning and reasoning. One of the things they find is that most kids are deficient in vitamin uh, D3 uh, and omegas, but the omegas are because they have so much processed food in their diet there. Uh, Don't forget about mom and dad. Look, just because you supplement your kids doesn't mean you get to forget about yourself. Um, the, the women's multi this is a powerful nutritional supplement it supports optimal health uh, for women it, it has like vitamin a d e and k and a full spectrum of b vitamins for stress and minerals which are deficient in our diet along with like specialized blends of nutrients designed to support breast bone, skin reproductive and cardiovascular health the men well the men's multi is a full spectrum vitamin specifically formulated to meet the wellness needs of men. And they're very different than that of women. Um, there's power, powerful antioxidants from turmeric and green tea. Um, there's alpha lipoic acid that supports healthy aging and cardiovascular health. There's saw palmetto for the prostate and zinc also for the prostate in it. But really, it's just I'm going to just summarize it here, guys. Uh, you know, we talked a lot of information. We talked a lot of mindset. Uh, but I want, just really want to give you some action steps here. And I think the first thing is, is mindset, knowing that your kids were designed to be healthy, the body was intelligent. Um, and and so one of the things that I found in my family is always having a code. Um, and the code is, is that we, in our family, is that we, we don't have excuses. We work hard. We take care of ourselves. We do what we say we're going to do and we never give up. And, and really, I think that's the most important thing. We also teach our kids to have a war plan from a young age. Uh, and we create a, we have a schedule that our kids do. Um, and what that schedule, that war plan does is allows them to go be warriors in their life, to be able to have organization, to be able to reduce the stresses that they have. Um, but I really think that, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, that's just too much. Well, I think discipline equals freedom. You know, discipline starts with waking up early in the morning. And when you impose discipline, when someone else, there's a difference between imposed discipline. And imposed discipline is when someone else makes you do what what you uh, what they want you to do. Uh, self-discipline is when you take control of yourself, when you push and you do the hard things. So don't worry about motivation. Motivation is just a feeling. It comes and goes. Discipline comes. It keeps you on the warrior path. It's a financial freedom is from financial discipline. It's saving money, not wasting it. Um, you know, when we talk about our food for fuel, discipline with what you put in your mouth and in your body, because your body's a machine like your car. The, the food that you eat is the fuel that you have for your body. So the only time to start to make yourself better is now, not tomorrow, not next week. It's, it's not a good plan. That's not a good plan. Like living a healthy fulfilled, disciplined, free life. It, it takes a good plan, and that's what Maximize Living and the Five Essentials is all about. It takes It's, it's the plan that you can discipline and execute it. So as a parent, I'm gonna suggest that you read the Align Your Health book. And if you're willing to do the work, you can do just about anything. Because the problem is this fear is in the waiting. Fear lives in the moment, that powerful moment between when you decide what you're gonna do And when you do something, and the only way that you can ever overcome fear is by actually doing something there. So here's the next steps. Number one, I want you to focus on getting your kid's nervous system checked. That's the intelligent lifeline through your body. That's the single most important thing that you can do to have a radical impact on your child's health. Keep your kids moving and avoid them sitting for long periods of times and not looking down at the dumb cell phones and the iPads there. And so I'm going to give you a challenge. Just get rid of screen time for, an, you know, for, for a week. Maybe just giving them only an hour of screen time. Um, get rid of screen time before beds, TVs, computers, phones. Um, have your kids start practicing, a- practicing affirmations. The world's giving them affirmations. Why don't you choose the affirmations that you want to give to your kids? You know, planning family workouts together, doing things that you can do to make yourself stronger, make your kids stronger, and to see, have them see you as an example. With nutrition, really focusing on minimizing processed foods, reading nutrition labels, teaching them how to do those things and being aware of sugars, and looking for and reducing toxic ingredients and supplements. Um, You know, there's all kinds of recipes on our website. Go to drtjosborne.com. And you'll be able to see a lot of the recipes that you can use for your kids. But really, I just want you to just to remember that the first thing is this is that the more engaged you are, you have to understand that this is a learning process. Get your kids' nervous systems checked. But the first thing is we gotta realize that there's a problem. Our kids are sick. We gotta commit to change, knowing that we want more for our kids than they currently have or what their potential says. We gotta formulate an action plan, a plan. Of action for them to be healthy. We got to execute that plan and that's when we see the results. So when you choose to um, to take care of your health, you're taking care of your family's health. You're gonna, you do a disservice to everything and everyone uh, that, you're, that you're, and that's really our goal is to reach everyone with a unique message to the world. Everything that you, you do has a ripple effect that goes from you to the world, and it impacts everyone around you and beyond. So, if you believe that you're here on this planet to give your greatest gift to the world, then you're going to have a. Then you know that you have a choice to live your life's purpose or not. And it all starts with the inner world of your own body and your own health. Guys, I just want to thank you for spending the time that you did with us tonight. I think there's a. a hopefully, we like, like we we set in place. Transformation. Uh, we have our our next event that's coming up. It's going to be our max my our our our, our core chiropractic workshop. Workshop. We're going to dive deep into the principles of health and healing. We're going to dive deep into helping you understand how brilliant and powerful your body is. I want you to fully engage in the process. We have our better results faster workshop. We have our recipe night coming up with our chili cook-off. I want to encourage you to bring you and your family to those things. But most important, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to share the information that I shared tonight. And I pray as I go to bed tonight that it leads to transformation. Have a blessed evening. Dr. Osborne, if you have any questions, www.drtjosborne.com. My email is doc at dr. TJosborne.com. Blessings. This is the study that I talked.